Today. 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 Today with Jeff Vines. Twice every weekday on Vision and on demand in the free Vision Christian Media app. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Those of us who live in the city, well, it's easy for us not to understand the importance of a harvest. Harvest time is when farmers reap the benefits of all their hard work. Harvest time is a relief, a blessing, a provision and a celebration. That's why when God talks about the harvest of righteousness, it's actually a big deal. I'm Bernie Diamond, and welcome again to the program today as we take a look at this harvest of righteousness from a different perspective. I remember when I was in my last year of high school, quite a few years ago now, I travelled to a country town to teach the clarinet at a music camp during the school holidays. And I had the opportunity to stay for a week on a farm. Now, this was a large property and they farmed sheep, thousands of them. Now, it was quite an experience for a young lad like me because I'm a city boy. I spent all my time growing up in an industrial city, so I'd never really thought too much about where everything comes from. Milk, after all, came out of bottles and eggs came out of cartons and meat came from the butcher shop and so on. You don't really think so much about it. So spending this week on the sheep farm was just the most amazing experience. We had the opportunity to help dip the sheep. You had to pick them up and and throw them down this chute so they ended up in a trough full of sheep dip. It was absolutely back-breaking work. And for a lad who'd never really thought too much about where lamb chops came from, other than from the butcher shop, it was a real eye-opener. Farming is hard work. Ever since then, I've had a great respect for farmers. And not only is it hard work, but pretty much they only get their income once or twice a year. And that happens when they take what they've grown, whether that be a crop like wheat or or sheep or cattle for slaughter or wool for clothing. It's when they take their produce to market. It happens at harvest time. But of course, there are many things that can interrupt the harvest. Drought, flood, fire, a plague of locusts, diseases in animals. And even if there's a bumper crop, often as a result of the abundance, the prices at market are depressed so the farmers get less for what they grew. So it's a tough life. And that week on the sheep farm has given me a deep and abiding respect for farmers and their families. But there's something else, another lasting legacy that this week on the farm as a young lad has left with me. And that's an appreciation of the tough reality of farming on the one hand and the sense of jubilation of a successful harvest on the other. See, we city slickers hear the word harvest and it really doesn't sink in. It doesn't mean too much to us. It just kind of washes by. But harvest time... It's the culmination of all the farmer's work. It's the time of reaping the reward. A successful harvest brings great joy and a sense of accomplishment and relief and safety and provision, not just for the farmer and the farmer's family, but for the whole community. That's what a harvest is. That's what harvest means to people who live and work on farms. So when the Bible talks about harvest... That's the sense of what's going on. And remember, back in the first century, there was no welfare or or government assistance or anything else. If the harvest failed, people starved. And it's still like that in many parts of the world today. So, suffice to say, what I'm trying to get across here is the fact that the harvest is a big deal. 
It's a huge deal. If you live in a rural area, you already know that. But it's not something that's necessarily that obvious to us city dwellers. So when the Apostle Paul writes to his friends, his dear friends in Philippi, about the harvest of righteousness, he's saying something big. Have a listen. Philippians chapter 1, beginning at verse 9. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with the knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. Interesting that he begins his point about the harvest of righteousness with a four-letter word, love. His prayer for his dear friends in Philippi is that their love would overflow more and more because it's in this flood of God's love which works its way out in our love for one another that we gain knowledge and develop the insight to know what is God's best. And living out his best isn't always the easiest thing to do as we've seen over the course of this week. Living out God's best requires sacrifice and it hurts a lot of times But when our heart is soaked in God's love, when when our lives are about overflowing more and more of the sacrificial love of Jesus in that place, with that humility, with that surrender and sacrifice, we gain the knowledge of God and the insights of God which transform us back into his image, which which help us live out the righteousness we already have, the, the right standing we have with him because of our faith in Jesus who died to pay for our sin and rose again to give us a brand new life, an abundant life. And friends, that's the thing. The love of God at work in us that produces what? It produces the harvest. Big word that. The harvest of righteousness which comes to us through Jesus and brings glory and praise and honour to God. When Jesus was asked, what's the most important commandment of all? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbour as yourself. Love is the most important thing of all. As Paul wrote some years on, Romans chapter 13, verse 10, love does no wrong to a neighbour. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. We've been kind of conditioned to believe that, that love's about romance and feeling good. And sure, those are a couple of the aspects of love. But that's not the sort of love that both of these passages talk about. The original Greek word for love here is agape, which means unconditional love, faithful love that never, ever fails. The sort of love that costs us a lot and often appears to deliver very little at the time. It's the sort of love, and it doesn't matter how talented or gifted we are, if we don't have this sort of love, then in God's eyes we're nothing but a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. Gifts and abilities and talents without this sacrificial, unconditional love are completely worthless. You can read this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I know in my own life there have been times that, well, they've been trying and testing when people have been difficult and unhelpful and hurtful. Those times and those places, they never feel good. And yet, it's in those times and those places that the Word of God has done its greatest work in me. I thank God that early on in my walk, he established in me a pattern of regular Bible reading because it's in those difficult periods that his word has done his greatest and mightiest works in my heart. And it's still like that today. 
Friends, in the most difficult times of our lives, we can experience a harvest of righteousness, or, as is written elsewhere in the book of Hebrews, the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Because as we persist in doing good, in honouring God, in living out the relationship and right standing, the righteousness purchased for us by Jesus as he took our punishment for our sin on his cross, as we live that out, we discover God himself. Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And that, my friend, is exactly what happens. God draws us ever nearer to him through the righteousness that he has imparted to us through Jesus and the righteousness that he now brings to life in our new lives in Christ. The righteousness we live out as little by little, he restores us back into his image through the trials of life. That's the harvest. God himself, and like every harvest, it's a big deal. Hey, social media is a great way to stay connected to your friends and the world around you. And we'd like to invite you to be part of the Christianity Works community. The Christianity Works community is full of daily thoughts and devotions and inspirations, so no matter what kind of day you're having, you can be encouraged. If you're on Facebook, search for the Christianity Works page and like us. When you do, you'll see some encouragement from your friends and community at Christianity Works, including free booklet downloads from time to time. But more than that, It's a library of thoughts and verses that you can share with your friends and family. So we'll be sharing God's Word together. It's a great way to share the good news of Jesus amongst all the chaos. Amen. So like Christianity Works on Facebook, be encouraged and blessed, and share some of that with your friends as well. I pray that your heart will be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through His Word. I'm Bernie Diamond. And I'll catch you again, same time Monday, with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.